Welcome to Cowl Fans, a popped off production. Casual fans home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from Tampa, Florida. I'm your host, Alurimore. I'm Haller. And we are trying all kinds of new things today. So for those of you joining us live via Facebook Live, please bear with us. Um, we can almost guarantee that our production quality will be as good as that of the Overwatch League's. Um, if not better, I think we're probably both coming through both ears right now. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh man. Um, no audio delays. I'm here right at the start of the podcast. Everything's everything's going great. Yeah, and we didn't have to cancel Watchpoint either. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Oh man. So what a great week of Overwatch we've had. Actually, if you it was. I, so I was watching, as I was watching the games, I noticed that they talked of, when they did the hero pool draw, they, you know, usually show week three and four, or week four and five are the, yeah, where the right heroes the are coming from. Yeah, right at the end of the broadcast. Yeah. yeah. And so they showed where the heroes were coming from, and I realized it said week five and eight, showing me that we have missed Overwatch League for the past two weekends. Yes. That, that is that is a true fact. That's... It's Outside been a, some show matches. Right. So it's kind of been a hot second since we saw any overwatch so it was fun yes i was glad to have it back this is a super fun weekend this weekend to me felt like opening week because there were so many teams that we just hadn't seen before it felt like the majority of the league like we had 12 teams play this weekend um it was it was just really fun to kind of see everyone again um I'm actually able to consider power ranking instead of being like, I've only seen one division play. What do I do? Help. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a uh, good time. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So we are going to go ahead and jump in to Florida's game from this past mm. week, which they were scheduled for two. We'll talk about the schedule in a little bit. But the one yeah. game that they did get was against the Atlanta Rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of just felt, uh, I think you said it really well in a message to me. You said, uh, Florida feels like they're just missing a little bit of something to push them over that edge, which is better than it's ever felt, which yes. may be true, but it's kind of like when you're really close to winning something, getting second mm -hmm. place feels a lot worse than getting fourth place. And that's kind of how it felt right now, you know? Yes. Um, we were yeah. this close. We were this close to really being able to pull off that win, and it felt like we would have yep. these little moments of glory where it's like, "Oh yeah, Florida's mm. going to pull this match off," and then they just couldn't keep holding on to that strength. Yeah, we just kept having these little mistakes um, that would cost them. Some some of it was on the players' end, um, particularly in our ult economy and ult usage. Um, Byram and Gargoyle, in particular, had some pretty tragic um, ultimates, um, and then one critical one for for Chris as well that could have cost us Route sixty six and that map and the game. <laughs> Right. Um, so, yeah, not not great. Um, we said it in the preview last week, or at least I said it. Um, this was going to be the harder match, right? It's unfortunate that this is kind of all we were left with when I think if we did have our original Washington Justice match, um, maybe we would have come into the podcast today with a little bit more optimism in our conversation. Right. But... It, it was a tough loss and I don't I don't think it's fair to compare Florida um to what they were. Um maybe compare isn't the right word, but like Florida isn't as bad as they were and we're not gonna end up twentieth in the league again. Like we are better than that. Right. Um but we are still in the realm of disappointment um right now on our power rankings i have us sitting solidly at 16th um we're definitely in that 14 to 19 kind of range which is we're, we're out of playoff we're not even in play in contention right. at the moment um and we don't seem like we're ever going to be 
bringing ourselves there. Like when we fight teams at our level, um, or even below our level, we can stomp teams that are worse than us, which is good. <laughs> That's never something Mayhem's really had before. So we could stomp bad teams. We could keep it competitive with teams at our level, like London, um, who we went to map five with. But these teams that are better than us, we we just we can't we can't pull it off. And we have to start pulling off games like this Atlanta Rain game if we want to get into the conversation of playoffs. Because like, yes, Atlanta Rain is a very good team. But very good is the standard now. It's true. Like That's Chengdu, true. Hangzhou, New York, Vancouver, Paris, Seoul, Philadelphia, Shanghai, Atlanta, Guangzhou, both LA teams, San Francisco, Shop. That's 13 teams I just named that are all... You can make an argument to me that they can win the entire season and I would accept it. Sure. Right? Maybe, maybe I wouldn't fully agree with it, but I think you can make a valid argument for any single one of those teams. Excellence is the standard now. And although we're looking like a good team and probably could have been really competitive last year, the, the standard of play has risen and mayhem has to rise to that occasion. And they really haven't. Um, I will say a lot of it, I do think is on the coaching staff. Um, we were just, out comped a lot of the time um and when we did finally like mirror the atlanta rain who i think had a better read on the meta overall um we were often beating them in the neutral they definitely had better ult usage um a bit better team synergy as well um but yaki and bqb were both going nuts um i think gargoyle was really holding his own in the neutral against hawk um if not beating him yeah although hawk definitely had better ultimates um karyan was maybe losing the Arisa battle Arisa, i just i can't bring myself to care enough to really analyze what's going on in the Arisa battle um you know it's funny about the Arisa <laughs> battle because i remember last season when we were playing fate on Arisa, and he was just king of Arisa. it felt like um, yeah. it's kind of odd to me that we came to the conclusion that Arissa was going to be the primary main tank for this meta and elected to use Karyon instead of Fate it for that. It is strange. Um, yeah, especially since I, I feel, maybe I'm misremembering it, but I feel like this season already we've been bringing in Fate to play Arissa. Right, so a little bit. So, so yeah, I, I was surprised too. When I saw Karyon come in, I thought that meant we were going to be running Reinhardt. Like, that's what I instantly thought. And then we never saw it. Damn, which that's... I'm glad for, because I think Reinhardt is, was the less superior pick. Um, I mean, just go back and watch, if you watch the VODs for the whole week, or if you happen to watch the games this week, count, count the teams that played Reinhardt and count the teams that won. You won't find any overlap in that Ventiagram. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so... I mean, it was nice. Um, we were, we were, we were better at the meta, um, or like closer to the meta. It was unfortunate that we just played Atlanta Rain, who I think actually had a pretty good idea. Like, I think we could have taken it to some of these other teams that I don't think had a good read on the meta, like the LA Gladiators and even the SF Shop. I think we could have looked better. I don't. I'm not sure we would have beat either of those teams, but I, I think we could have taken a map or maybe even two. Yeah. It would just, have been a lot more fun that way. Yeah, it would have been more fun. It would have been closer. I just, uh, Atlanta had a good read, and I don't like teams half committing to playing off meta. Granted, teams don't really know what the meta is right off the bat in the first weekend of a meta, which is every weekend now with Hero Pool. But I don't like just switching out one piece when, like, it, it doesn't adjust enough for me. It just makes the other team, if they're playing the meta, a stronger team. Mm. Um, if you don't full commit to, okay, we're changing our strategy. Like, when we bring in a Widowmaker, um, but we still play double shield. Like, if we're going to bring in the Widowmaker on Busan, um, what is that, Sanctuary or 
whatever it's called, right. the one, the temple. Yeah, I think it's called um, Sanctuary. So when we go to that map and we're going to play Widowmaker, we're now setting up, we're, we're playing for picks, right? And we're trying to control and envelop space and make them feel like they get enveloped. That's ideally how you want to be playing with a Widowmaker. You want to be setting up some crossfires. So I would have loved to see Double Sniper. I would have loved to see like um, a kind of combination of like a dive comp, like maybe keep Brig back with the Widow to to protect the dive from the enemy tracer and then you could run wrecking ball diva and then your own tracer and go into their back line and they're not going to be able to deal with that because they're, they're double shield right um they'll have to come back and peel that'll open up new angles for your Widowmaker to take shots like i would have liked to see full commitment when we went off meta because yeah. anytime we went off meta like anytime we changed dqb from the Hanzo, we lost terribly. If we had him on the Hanzo, it was a very tight game. So yeah. I, I like I would I would have liked to see a little more full commitment. So I feel like a lot of that's on the coaching staff. Um, we had some I don't know how to word it, but I don't like some of the setups that our team took, I suppose. Like, mm. our setup for our overtime defense, we decided to hold on Big Earls when they pushed just around the corner to Big Earls, yeah. where if we held right at their spawn, we would have got two fights. Yeah, I think... But instead, we just had one, and then they just forced us to the ground because we had to touch the payload. So it was like we didn't even get to take advantage of the high ground. So it was really just unfortunate <laughs> yeah i wasn't thrilled with the big earls defense um yeah it's it's a it's a good idea i think in in regular situations because of the high ground advantage because you can wait let them push the payload almost all the way up to point a and it's fine uh right. when the point is just to go right around the corner of big girls i think the desire to have that second defense anytime you can take off the clock right off the bat before they get going and then try to come yep. make another defense close to big earls i think is a good thing um mm -hmm. so i wasn't real thrilled with that but um but i kind of understood it at the same time the amount of time that there was in basically meant that if because sometimes during those early fights even with those early pushes um if they if the other team can get a couple of yards out of that cart before they finish that fight off you're going to be toast. You know, you're really not going to get that second defense at that point. Um, so I think that's a worthwhile consideration. It makes the big girls defense not yeah. uh, not an inexcusable thing, just not a thing I loved. But the big girls defense, like, ideally, you want to be able to, like, shoot them from the high ground for a while because it takes a long time for the cart to get around big earls when they have to get to point a they didn't right. have to get to point a so they forced us off big earls basically once they came into our line of sight so we didn't even really get to do the big earl defense yeah um we didn't get a lot of ult charge out of being on the high ground because we didn't have sight down the main choke um and then when we were falling on top of them, they just kind of picked us up as they picked us off as they were falling down. It inadvertently split our team. Some people tried to stay on the high ground as Karyon fell down, and they just kind of yeah, as a group of five fell on Karyon, and then they sent the tracer up onto Big Girls to take out our back line who stayed up there. So I, I didn't love it, and it seemed like it was more of like an inability to make a decision on the fly to not do what you do in scrims. Because the big girl defense is what we did on our initial defense as well, which is fine. It's a different strategy. Right. But I think you needed to look at the situation and realize our best chance is to hold close. Yes, it might, might come bite us, like it might bite us, but... Still the best chance. Yeah, we at least we have a chance for two fights, right? If we lose on big girls, we definitely don't get two fights. At least set yourself up to get two. Right. Give yourself that shot. Yeah. So let's uh let's not spend any more time bemoaning <laughs> Florida. Instead, PQB and Yaki did good though. Yeah. I'll throw that out there again. <laughs> best, I think the best week Yaki's done as well. Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. 
Instead of bemoaning Florida's gameplay, let us instead bemoan the Overwatch League's broadcast. Oh. Ooh. So oh. Overwatch League had their first real online broadcast this weekend re- yep. from remote locations, and they were having constant and non-stop problems. Yes. I am having a really hard time understanding what their problems were. Because it feels like the qual- it feels like the quality level of what they did was not very much similar to the quality level of what we might do here on Cowboy Fans. Right. Even when we bring in a guest and we do them over Discord, we have three people on here and we each have our own setups where we're mic'd and recording and listening and then we do that and then it really just felt like all this could have been resolved by simply creating two unique Discord channels for these conversations to happen in and then record those or TeamSpeak channels. Does TeamSpeak support video at this point? I I believe so. Last, I haven't actually downloaded it, but when I looked at it, (laughs) when they got the sponsorship, just to see if TeamSpeak was the pile of garbage I used to use, it does look a lot more similar to To Discord. Discord now. Um, and that does look much upgraded from like my World of Warcraft days. But, <laughs> well, that's a good um, thing. But either way, it feels like I this situation should have been pretty simple to just hop yeah. in some of these one of these servers, put your Watchpoint team in one, put your casting team in another, and <clears throat> have those have a member of your production crew in each of those rooms to receive those mm-hmm. signals, and then just switch back and forth between the two. It really doesn't feel like it should have been all that difficult, but yet I, it was. I think it was maybe like, I mean, I'm, you're the AV tech here, but sure. um, I felt like they were just trying to do too much because if you watch the Chinese broadcast, the Chinese broadcasts were pretty smooth, a couple errors, but I watched the first one near as bad as the, uh, the actual, I shouldn't say the actual, but like the the North American broadcast. Right. Um, and I think that's because they were doing more. Um, the Chinese broadcast didn't have replays. There were less camera angles. Like it felt like there was less production. There was no throwing to the watch point desk or anything. It was just the casters and the game. And like, that's all you got. There weren't many fancy slides that they were putting up. There wasn't any stats appearing on the screen. Um, they were trying to do a lot more, and I imagine they were utilizing a lot more resources, a lot more switching. Um, so I don't know if that if that came in because you have these multiple observers, these multiple producers controlling. I don't know how many like what you would normally see in a control room, right? Like those right. twenty different screens, and say switch to one, switch to two, switch to three, switch to four, and right. it might have been like. They were controlling so much. Well, I could tell probably a reduced staff and definitely a worse setup. I can I could tell for certain that they were getting their streams from in the game from various different people um, and their different observers. Those were definitely being streamed in from observers to some location because they would yeah. switch off of one to another and it would have this less than a second jump back and you would see the same thing happen again just from a different angle for just a fraction of a second and i was like oh we switched observers they're on a different computer now it's got a different amount of lag time in it and we just watched Mm -hmm. that happen which is sometimes the sound would be different too like a little bit right which isn't really all that big of a deal because that's what happens and that's how that goes and that's okay um and honestly bouncing back and forth to the watch point desk into the casters really shouldn't have been all that much of an issue so it's it's just pretty confusing to me. I feel like a home in studio, like a studio not terribly dissimilar to the one where we used to record, um, but equipped with a couple of extra computers dedicated towards yeah. the broad towards the watch point desk and towards the um, caster desk. So like like basically three input machines as that are running as inputs, kind of. And then a switcher to switch between the three and then overlay graphics onto it before you wind up hitting the stream, I feel like should have been fine. And then all of your different pieces, your watch point cast, your casters, your different observers, all are on their machines in their own places. 
But, you know, they like they weren't prepared for this, right? They right. didn't know that this was going to be happening, and maybe that's something they want. They would have wanted to do had they known right. this scenario was going to arise. But L.A. was already shut down by the time this decision needed to be made, and so it wasn't like they could get any of this stuff. They kind of just had to throw something together with yeah. what they had. Well, I know um, a lot of people are becoming really uh, into this uh, vMix platform, which basically acts as a video switcher, but it's all software-based. It's possible okay. that they were trying to use something like that, which eliminates their need to have extra equipment on on hand, which is probably a good thing given their situation and their lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. and, but I imagine that would be a lot more strenuous to actually be successful at. So I'm kind of imagining that that's what they were doing. That's my best guess mm-hmm. here. Um, not certain. Really, really not certain. Because there's about 100 different ways you could do this. I just tend to lean towards the what I think is the simplest way, which isn't always the simplest way, but it seems like it right. in my head. So it's just, it's just, it's just been an odd situation to see that each of these different pieces, Uber's microphone only coming out one side, uh, Mr. X not being able not to be heard at all. Um, yeah. you know, different things like that. Um, we did get a very nice piece out of this though. And that is because everybody's in their own homes, we've been seeing all of their cats. Yes. Oh my gosh, and um, and uh, Nori the cat did most of our hero pool for us this week, that which was, was fun, wonderful. Right? Uh, so that was kind of a blast. So you know that they're having fun with this. Um, yeah. I I do want to bring up a tweet that Monte Cristo made regarding the cats doing the hero pool draw. Which okay. entertains me a great deal because the, the I I'm I'm kind of learning about him some more, as as I saw this he said that the um, allowing cats to do the hero pool draw from somebody's one of the people's homes is the most authentically esports thing he's ever seen Overwatch League do. <laughs> this gives me a great amount of insight into Monte Cristo's desire for where what he thinks esports should be and where they should go. Right. It also leads me to take the things he's. I already took what he said with a grain of salt. He's very smart, yeah. but he's very opinionated. Um, this particular opinion has increased that the size of that salt grain. <laughs> yes, he is. He he's basically against anything professional it's it's very <laughs> like odd traditional professional right he likes things to be of quality but he also doesn't like sticking to what what's accepted right right so yeah i mean it was fun but um and you know i had hero pools later in our thing but since we're talking about them our yeah, hero pool this nori week picked. let's do it nori has picked them nori has spoken and then miso afterwards <laughs> um and so we have banned the following heroes we have banned may which the whole world clapped for which is uh, yep. which is funny to me because there really wasn't that much i don't feel like there was a ton of may play this week i mean to the past good teams were playing may smart teams were playing may mm-hmm. not everyone played it but the teams that played may won yes that's that's fair so we had may <laughs> we had may get picked and then our other DPS we had get picked was, oh gosh, where's my notes? McCree. McCree. Yeah. So the meta picks, like back from the first five or however many weeks before um, three Hero pools first hit. Three weeks. Three, four weeks. Three. Um, three. We got McCree and McCree and May banned. So that opens the door for a lot of exciting hero comps although we've already been seeing a lot um there's now no standard fallbacks for any team it's where we're deep in the jungle of the dps it's true we have lost the support hero brigitte um chris chris is chris is sad is crying somewhere (laughs) yep yep florida mayhem is out on a scouting mission right now to find a lucio before next week um Just saying. Um, and then we lost the tank wrecking ball and Among cries. Among is so sad. 
like he gets to see all these heroes picked and he's like oh my gosh it's a dive meta it's dive there's no may there's no mccree to flashbang me there's no may to freeze me there's no I break to seal to bash play me wrecking ball and do our tracer genji dive or we could even do sombra doomfist but i can dive with the wrecking ball and we're gonna win and then wrecking ball is banned that hurts that's I'm happy for it because it means we're gonna get Winston again. Um, I, I like the Winston boy. Maybe we even see Reinhardt. Who knows? I'm expecting dive based off this. Like, two yeah. of the biggest anti-dive heroes in the game are out of the pool. I feel like that it's time to dive. Um, who knows? Maybe we lock the legs again. Um, there's there's all sorts of possibilities, right? Um, right. Every time I try to predict the meta, I'm wrong. So it's probably not going to be dive since that's my first thought. Yeah. But. And so one of the things I really want to point out, though, is last week you talked about, you know, you really wanted to see D.Va get banned. But I feel like our D.Va play rate this past week was astronomically low. It was. And it was actually it was really interesting to see just the consequence of Lucio being banned. Mm -hmm. um, and we got to see that without Lucio. Double shields became really po powerful because no one could just speed boost, speed boost past them. Right. Because um, normally you could just play Reinhardt, speed boost past it, get a shatter. It was a lot harder to get your Reinhardt in a position to be able to do something. Um, it forced you onto the Zarya if you were trying to play Reinhardt, so you could give him a bubble to get past the shields. And even then, that was you saw teams who tried to do that struggle. Um, it just double shields really, really came through. Were able to do a lot, um, and then that brought about Hanzo for extra shield break. So it is interesting. Um, credit to you for arguing this point for as long as you have. Um, I'm nothing but, like, if not to consistent. See these this one this one hero band that's that's meta, right? Because um, Winston, you know, was kind of negligible. I don't even remember which DP. Ouch. Um, Sombra and Soldier? Yeah. Um, I think we're this week. So, like, these these heroes that already weren't meta, right? But you just take out this one meta hero. You just take out Lucio. And the it whole changes... Thing shifted. Yeah. It, cha it changes four out of, the, out, of the, out of the six normal meta picks. Because you've got two new main tanks. You got Zenyatta being played more when up until this point it had been Ana. Right. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to ignore the Brig because obviously you can't play Lucio. Um, and then you get a Hanzo as well in, over the McCree. Uh, for the most part, a lot of teams in North America did run McCree. I think they had the worst read on the meta and they weren't going up against Hanzo so they can get away with it. Mm. And I think it's a good counter to Reinhardt's. And a lot of teams were like running double shield and being being fought by a Reinhardt, and then you just throw that flashbang over the shield and kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Howler, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it was it was a good hero. I think it was a good hero pool this past week. I'm interested to see what happens this upcoming week with yeah. two significant pieces being knocked out. So it should be... Yes. Really three. McCree is a pretty significant piece of this, too. So it should be a lot of the... Uh, there should be a lot of interesting things going on this week. Um, I, I, I'm just going to have to wait and see. But, yeah. So, let's talk, though, because Hero Pools had a lot of impact this week. I feel like they had an yeah. especially strong impact on the San Francisco Shock. Yes. Who, you know, we've been talking about the read on this meta and the teams that were winning were playing their maze and we're playing mm -hmm. their double shields and i feel like san francisco shock really didn't play a ton of may and really didn't play a ton no. of double shield they did not they were completely inflexible in what they were doing um and this is starting to become a concern for me um in regards to hero pool because it's almost negating player skill so san francisco shock lose this week to the la gladiators and the um valiant right the la valiant 
So the Gladiators game was super tight. Both of these teams were actually mirroring each other pretty well, running their own whatever the heck that they were doing. Reinhardt, sorry, a Reaper Doom Fist or something whatever like the that. Crap. Something like that. Um, but the LA Gladiators were able to pull that out. I think a lot of that was. I, I feel like. It's, it's so weird to think about it, but the failures of the San Francisco Shock, to me, again, and I feel like this is almost for every single team that lost, um, purely fall on the coaching staff. Like, they're, they're switching out way too many pieces with no real reason. Like, San Francisco Shock ran three different tank duos. Like, they ran Trichobin and Super at the start, and then they ran or Smurf, and then they ran Smurf and Super, and then they ran Super and Sinatra. It was really weird. Um, and it made sense. Like, they, okay, they felt like they needed a stronger Zarya, so they brought in Sinatra, and Sinatra was turning the game around um, for the SF Shock. Right. But... I just I feel like they're they're doing too much. Um, San Francisco Shock was always good because they had this like set six who always started and they wrecked you. And then if the meta changed, then they would have a new starting six. Um, maybe they switched out one DPS player for like one map to play a certain map strategy. But I feel like they're trying to be too cute and too fancy now. Mm. Um, and they're like subbing out moth for rascal for no real good reason like i i understand rascal is a really good brigitte like i get that so but i would rather if you're gonna play brigitte i would rather see rascal full-time or moth full-time um you saw them playing double flex support with with Violet and Architect, and then Architect was on DPS, and then Architect was back on Ana. Um, Sinatra was rotating between tank and DPS. Like there is, there was just too much happening. Um, so that's where I put a lot of their failures against the LA Gladiators. And then the what disappoints me about Hero Pools is we we turned we were watching the Shock versus Valiant game. And the, the gates of spawn haven't even opened on Busan, and I just see what the comps are locked in for both teams, and I was just instantly able to turn and say, oh, the Valiant are going to win this. Mm. And they did, because they're like, it, was, it was that obvious. Like I was able to just look at their comp and like just know Shock, Shock's going to lose. They're not playing the right kettle. They're not playing the right comp. Right. And that was, that was a theme throughout the weekend. Whenever Mayhem came out without the Hanzo, I'm like, okay, well, we're just about to get bodied, and we would get bodied. Um, and to me, it's it's disappointing to I, I want to see see teams like really match up against each other and like see who the best players are. Where now it just really feels like who was coached right. And maybe for the very best teams, like Chengdu versus Hangzhou, um, we got to see, okay, here's two really good teams just brawling it out yeah. on smart picks. And every once in a while, they'd be playing different things, but it was never dumb. It was always smart, and it was working for both teams, and it was exciting. But that happens so rarely. Um I think there are very few teams who could pull off playing a different meta into a, like a different composition into a different composition um, where it is just like um, a, a trade of blows on two different comps. Generally in the history of Overwatch, you just have the stronger comp and the team with the stronger comp dominates and, you, and the other team either switches the mirror of them or they just run their heads into a wall the entire game and get destroyed. Right. Um, so it's cool seeing all this diversity, um, and seeing all these different comps, but at the same time, it's just like, is Seoul really that good? Or are they just the only people in North America smart enough to play May? <laughs> I don't know. And I don't like having that question. Is Shock really bad? Or were they just, are they just not being coached correctly in the Hero Pools meta? Um, it's, it's tough. 
this is a yeah. this is a tricky situation because what's happening is this change wasn't um <clears throat> this this may not be entirely true. This change wasn't entirely made for the players. This change was I think in large part influenced by the fan base who was getting bored of seeing mirror comps. Yeah. But the trade-off that most of us knew was coming was you're not going to wind up with these super teams who have figured out the meta and who have become really great clashing heads yep. like that. What you're going to wind up with is a bunch of teams fighting for who's the most flexible and able to take care of business right up until playoffs <clears throat> where the mm -hmm. whole rules change back to where they used to be and whoever's got the best read on the meta is going to wind up winning. And maybe you wind up with super teams by the end and maybe you don't. <clears throat> so... We're just going to have to sort of watch and see what's going on. There is definitely a lot more impact being had by the coaching staff than there was. Um, mm -hmm. Not necessarily a bad thing because many of these teams, I think, were suffering from not great coaching staff already. And some of them yeah. were getting by purely on player skill. I think this is going to force those teams to take a good hard look at their coaching staff and go, all right, coaches we have got to figure out how to do better or we have got to get new coaches. Right. Which is a good but thing is also. It's also brought about like a new um, skill set for coaches because um, no. like I, I think you, you can't deny that Krusty is a good coach, right? Like he's one of the few, you could look at his track record, what he did in Boston, what San Francisco became after he came to that team. Like Krusty is a good coach. Yeah, but all of a sudden hero pools come in and San Francisco shock is showing tons of signs of bad coaching because it's an entirely different mindset. Um, you had Krusty before seems like he was be able he was able to get into the minutia of things. You don't have time to get into the really minutia anymore. Just fine tune a team. And yeah, we can't we, we don't get to that point anymore. And he seems like he's struggling at being able to find what is the correct composition. And it also sounds like Violet made a tweet saying that they were destroying with their comp and scrims. So it also seems like he's struggling with his teams being too individually skilled that they can find the wrong meta and wreck teams right. in less serious environments and then be put into a false sense of security that I found what's right and then be slammed by reality on game day. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And it, I think I think Krusty, if they can, there's there's no reason why, in spite of these shortcomings, the Shock shouldn't be able to make it to play-ins or playoffs. And if they can get to that point, oh yeah, if they can get to that point, they'll be okay because at that point, hero pools go away. Krusty can get back into what he's good at, which is finding those minutia. They'll be all right, but it really feels like they I think need... he needs to get into playoffs. I'm worried about him in a play-in situation where he doesn't get a losers bracket. Mm. I think Shock will need a losers bracket. That's true. That's good. <laughs> That's a good call. Um, if, so. if this, if this, if this trend of where they are right now keeps up, um, of struggling to find the meta, um, early, yeah, they'll, they'll need the losers bracket to be able to say, okay, what went wrong? See what's going right for other teams, and then take a week to adapt to that. That SF shock I'm scared of. Um, the SF shock that has to change every week and never gets the opportunity to do that. Much right less scary. Now, I'm not that scared of. They're, in fact, very, probably a very hot and heavy-handed take. But after last week, I've got them 13th on my power ranking. Mm. Because I can, I can see, like, LA, Guangzhou, Atlanta, Philadelphia, um shanghai let's see north philadelphia and paris and vancouver and new york but like a lot of the other teams i played this weekend i could see i could have seen them beating san francisco as well which is the surprising place to see the most dominant team in overwatch history be right yeah <laughs> it's very odd all right so let's move on to the next thing which is we had a bunch of last minute schedule changes this week yes so many, in fact, that next week's schedule is still unknown. Mm -hmm. So this we is had mighty like an unfortunate. With, with John Spector, right? Right. And he announced like that there were certain regions and teams were going to be playing in their regions, and he announced what teams were playing there. And then we had some surprise movement. Um, 
of teams especially like all korean teams deciding to go back to korea this past week right and met, like just throwing the schedule into flux because vancouver was supposed to be in vancouver london was supposed to be in i don't know new jersey or wherever they but. are <laughs> um but vancouver and london both decided to go back to seoul so all of vancouver's and london's matches were canceled um New York apparently does not have the internet capabilities or whatever. I don't know what the situation quite is, but from their own apartments, they're not able to play professionally at the very least. So, because they were planning to play out of their office, but now there's a stay at home order in New York um, because they have a really bad situation there. Yeah. Um, And and so they they just, they're not, they don't have the capacity right now to play. And it's, Apart- we don't know when that's going to change or uh, if it'll change at all. Apartment internet is not the best change. internet. It's not. And especially in New York City where your apartments are, you know, stories high and there's tons of people using internet. And yeah. yeah right now that's all um, anybody's doing. But, you know, like you feel like these players were probably like set up to stream and things, but apparently they were all set up to stream from the office. So no one was really expecting to be doing as much gaming at home, which... I don't know who sense. doesn't expect gamers to not game at home. Like, uh, I mean, I expect them to game at home, but I don't expect them to, you know, they're streaming and they're practicing is really their jobs. And yeah. I, I don't expect everybody to work from home all the time. I expect you to go home and play. So if you're at home set up, even if it's set up for streaming, it's set up for play. It, it may yeah. not, it just may not These be adequate. Grinders, you know? know, they like to, especially like the Korean players, they want to, they're, they're playing, if they're not eating and they're not sleeping, they're grinding. <laughs> yep. But they're also a team. So, so they probably did everything at that office rather than their own apartment. Yeah. They probably, they probably did always go to so. the office and would just call, go home to sleep and then go back to the office. That's, and especially like soul culture, like, yeah generally you don't have the biggest apartments or like biggest living spaces either so a lot of soul culture is i go to my house to sleep and then i leave right um so so probably not too unfamiliar for them so i could see that happening yeah but now they're in a situation that we don't know if we're going to see new york for the next month yeah maybe they're working on upping their specs and getting stuff out to them i don't know what the capabilities of them to be able to do that in this current lockdown is but well new york's a big question mark um there were some unannounced cancellations too that right. it didn't get touched upon but so there was a match between seoul and dallas that was canceled which seoul played this weekend so you assume it's on the dallas side but like dallas and then washington was supposed to play mayhem um dallas and washington didn't even like acknowledge that this happened they just retweeted the schedule that overwatch said yeah um dallas didn't even quote tweet it they just retweeted it and washington said here's the new schedule and they like i think they even used confetti like it was something exciting not like sorry to our fans due to yeah you didn't even have to say right due to scheduling issues anything our match was canceled but just nothing no nothing Nothing. And I, I didn't see any fans like responding to it, like, hey, what happened to our game? Um it was just it was just kinda there. Uh, and I don't are they is there something going on? Should I not expect Dallas or Washington next week? Have some other players gone home? Us Floridians don't know what to do about this, people. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, I don't I don't like being in the dark. And I understand that there's a lot going on, but for like something like this, if you had a scheduled match and you're not playing, something, right? At least acknowledge that it happened, <laughs> um, because it, they just kind of they the matches got canceled and no one no one said anything. And I asked on Twitter, like, does anyone know what's going on? And I got a lot of speculation, but no I didn't answer. get a lot of answers. <laughs> yeah, so. so don't know what's going on there, and then. Um, Paris had their match canceled against London, and that was their only scheduled, so I know why Paris didn't play, but we still don't know, like, Paris, Philadelphia, Houston, like, are these guys ready to go? I'm assuming they are, but there's, like, five five or six teams up in the air who we don't even know if they're going to be able to play over the next month. Right. So, 
So should be interesting. We'll just have to wait and see. Keep our eyes peeled on the Overwatch League tweeter to see about the schedule as it changes. So since can we anybody watching on Facebook Live, could we please get an F in the chat for the London Spitfire having to play nothing but Guangzhou, Shanghai, Hangzhou, Chengdu, and Vancouver for the next month? Oof. (laughs) Those poor guys. Like, congratulations. You you escaped COVID-19 in the United States, but you you have entered the realm of the beast (laughs) and have accepted death in your professional careers. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's gonna be rough it's gonna be rough that, <clears throat> i'm very glad florida's in the atlantic division where at least right now the only teams that have played in the atlantic are atlanta toronto and boston and we've already played atlanta so let's go beat up toronto and boston for a few weeks that would make me happy <laughs> oh man um let's move on to our power rankings we've been at this for a little while so let's get through our power rankings do it. Haller, oh great and wise power rankings creator who has oh, yeah. never been wrong and never missed a single prediction. Never. Tell us never. thine power rankings. Okay. So do you want me to do just for the teams that played this week or should we do all 20? Should we just go in all crazy? Um, if you do all 20, you got to stay more concise. So take your pick. Okay. I'll stay, I'll stay concise with 20. Will you? Will so, you? I, I think I will. I think I will. Okay? Remember when, you told, I, I remember when I told you you had five minutes to talk about something? Everything. And so, then you talked for 10 minutes? Yes. <laughs> we got this. So here's our power rankings. And I have them grouped by why I think they are there. So the top five teams in the league are the teams that show – they can play the meta, but they can also play off meta and do it well. Okay. So I think I think that's a great skill to have. And so I've got Chengdu at number one, Hangzhou at number two, New York at number three, Vancouver at number four, and Paris at number five. <laughs> okay. I, I think can I'm, see that. <laughs> I, I think I could eat a lot of um, crap for that Paris pick but I can't stop being hot on Paris. I'm sorry, guys. I can't, I can't stop. It's, something, it's, like, it's like how I can't stop being hot on Guangzhou. As long as Paris is beating teams like Philadelphia, I can't stop. <laughs> um, okay. And then the next set will be teams that have proven that they can like recognize and play the meta in Hero Pool, but they haven't shown any kind of flexibility outside of that. Okay. So... To me, that's Seoul, Philadelphia, Shanghai, Atlanta, Guangzhou, and the Los Angeles Valiant. In that order, with LA Valiant being at the bottom, because they played Orissa Zaria on on Saturday. And I want to know who in their right mind thought that was ever a viable tank composition that you can run. Just... They, they figured it out by Sunday, but holy crap, Saturday Valiant, what were you doing? Figuring it out for Sunday? Oh my god, okay. Alright, I'm done with that. Um, next set would be powerful teams, very strong individual skill, with no ability to apparently find out how to play the meta. And that would be your Los Angeles Gladiators, your San Francisco Shock, and then... I had to throw in the Houston Outlaws here. Oh? Because, yes, they've struggled, but they 3 0 Paris. <laughs> so that one good okay. result and that being their most recent result, I'm putting them higher. I'm not putting them up above Paris yet. No. That but seems I need fair. to give them a, I'm putting a little bit of respect on their name. Sure. Okay. All right. And then the next set would be teams that can play the meta. But they're kind of, they're kind of weak. They're not, they're not terrible. But you know, they could, they could use some work. And so this is gonna be your London Spitfire, your Florida Mayhem, and your Washington Justice. It's All right. Just, uh, you need a little fine tuning. Um. Then you've got your struggling teams like 
Dallas Fuel. Granted, we haven't seen them in an eternity, but they didn't look great their first week. Um, some shines of life. And then Toronto Defiant. They can beat Boston. That's about all they got going. <laughs> yep. um, and they, they didn't find the meta when they were playing Boston. They were beating them. But, you know, still lots of Reinhardt. So I, I still I still want to see more from that team. Okay. And then finally we've got contenders, a contenders bracket. <laughs> and that would be your Boston Uprising. Like, I don't know, sell the whole team besides Jerry and start again. You're just like <laughs> Jerry was doing really good against Toronto, and that's about the only positive thing you could say against Boston. Like not even Color Hex was showing up. Wow. Really. It was just it was just a Jerry show. And yep. um, I don't I don't think the Jerry show is something you want to be associated with. Mm, no, especially no, especially the Boston Uprising, considering that. We're yeah, um, no, yeah. thanks. They, they're they're um, losing another player. It does look like we won't go into that too much, but there's some rumors of a new player loss. Well, have you not seen anything? I so Mufin, Mufin has had allegations. Oh yes. Oh yeah. I did see that. Um, very, very, almost exactly mirroring the allegations that came against Dream Casper. It's 2018 part two for Boston, so I'm expecting them to go on a perfect run in like two months. Mm. But right now, it's a sad time to be a Boston fan. With whoever's replacing him. I feel like it's a sad time to be the Boston Uprising. It's true. Or a fan of the craft organization in general. That's... There it is. There it is. Got it. Sports. Sports! (laughs) All right, so... um, Was that good? Was that quick? That was quick. That was good. I'll give it to you. That was like uh, six, seven minutes. That was perfect. That was less time than the thing you actually had five minutes to talk about. Um, all right, so you had a team of the week as well. So you have you have taken the players who played this week, tried yeah. to find the standouts in each individual role, and put mm-hmm. together a super team. And you're yes. calling it the team of the week. Yep. All right, so um, give us like our take line. League, they like to do the three stars. Oh. Because the one of their main writers is a hockey fan, this is like a very a very soccer thing to do. Okay, so let's start with our tank line. Talk to me about our tank line for our team of the week. So this week I have Ameng and Sasin. Um, I think Ameng looked ridiculously good on the Arissa and the Wrecking Ball. Wrecking Ball, no surprise, but it's been a minute since we've seen his his Arissa actually live up to what it was supposed to be. Because he was always supposed to be a decent Arissa. Right. He was rumored. But I really felt like we got to see it this week. He was pretty impactful on the hero. Great halt. Um, pairing with uh, Jinmu and Leave with their ultimates and um, with Elsa as well with um, Gravitic Fluxes and things like that. Great. So Ameng really impressed me. And then Sasin, there were so many good off tanks this week, but I had to give it to Sasin because not only was he showing up at the very good off tanks he was pl- he was playing but Sasin isn't really an off tank player he's he's known as like a far specialist so to see Sasin come in and just slam people um on the on the sigma he has some key eats uh, as diva for them to uh win their match against who is that their their first game was that against Guangzhou? No, they lost against Guangzhou. So their their game against Chengdu. Right. Um, impressed me. Um, a great fit. So I, I, I decided to give it to Sasin, but there was a lot of competition in that category. Yeah. All right. And so who's who's backing up our tank line on the support roles? So support roles, we, we had to give it to a Veltal. The dude... I was like, between the best Briggs, Big Goose, and Yveltal, but Yveltal's mercy just continues to be disgusting. Dude's going out, getting 3Ks. His reses are like 
like it's it's like they didn't even add a cast time for Mercy's res when Aveltal's in in control of the hero. He's just getting instant reses. Doesn't make any sense. He's never getting punished. The dude, dude's crazy. Dude's crazy. Just well, a ridiculous showing this weekend, and was one of the big reasons I think Chengdu was as strong as they were. My player of the game, um, very potentially. So Aveltal, ridiculous, and then Bedosin, um. I was surprised how quiet flex supports were to me this week. Um, flex supports usually a pretty flashy and impactful role. Right. Um, but I felt like Bedosin was really the only person I noticed really making a big impact. He was getting key picks, um, huge antis when he was on Ana, key picks when he was on Zenyatta, great Discord targeting. Um, just overall, you know, great. It's one of the reasons why Bedosin has been a top three flex support for the south korean candidate for flex for flex support player last year for their national team right right just he 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 showed why he's so good and why why he's on this sole roster um besides the fact that he just followed his london friends (laughs) yeah good job yeah all right and last but not least the dps lineup who's gonna kill all the other teams You'll realize that I really like the teams that I put at the top of my power rankings. Oh, did you? And so we stick with Godsby and Jinmu. Um, Godsby continues to hard carry the Hangzhou Spark because Adora and Bazi kind of suck. <laughs> They're really not that good. But Godsby continues to be absolutely ridiculous, so it doesn't even matter. Um, the dude would just pick up Hangzhou, a good team, on his back and carry them to victory um when they needed it he he was able to shut down jinmu which is not something most anybody can do um and he he was able to do it and pull out that win against chengdu right um a ridiculous ridiculous player um with a ridiculous performance this week i can't wait to see his stats because they're gonna be bananas and then the other one just had to be jinmu to me because when I think about, like, most of the ridiculousness, like, happened in the hit scan role. Like, you had your KSPs, your profits, your fits. Um, yeah. All these sorts of people, like, popping off heavy. But there weren't a lot of, like, projectile players standing out except for Jinmu. Um, his Fara continues to be ridiculous. His Genji was looking sweet. Um, and then he was even able to play the Meg. Um, like, Chengdu is able to not only be wacky, but they're able to go and play the meta now. And they're still able to look just as terrifying. Um, and I, a lot of that was for Jinmu. I thought I thought Leave was going to be the key DPS player for Chengdu going forward, but it turned out Jinmu was the one who was never subbed out, and he looked dang good. Awesome. So that has been Howler's team of the week. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. So it's been a great week. We're really excited to yeah. be back in the Overwatch League and to be back into having games. We're looking forward to seeing what comes up next week. And honestly, there was supposed to be a ridiculous amount of games. Right. Like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like six yeah, games a day, eight games just, a day. It was going to be nuts. It was going to be a so lot. I'll see if that ends up being the schedule again or if they tone it down a bit. But I imagine if they're going to tone things down, it's going to be toned down on Friday. But it's really hard to tell right now with so many things changing in the schedule, even this past week. So yeah. we're just going to have to wait and see because I imagine if one every time a single team has to pull out for a week, that's that's two games probably that gets knocked off. At and least. they've been only having one caster duo do all the games, and if they had as many games as they were planning on a single day, yeah, that would wreck them. <laughs> you 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 can't you can't cast for twelve hours. <laughs> you just can't. Yeah, no. Um, I know Wolf and Achilles are used to casting like three, maybe four games in a day from their time with Apex, but right. this is this would be an, a nightmare even for them. So. Mm-hmm. We'll see how this goes. Um, But so just stay checked into the Overwatch League Twitter and other social medias. Um, Maybe like the Cowl fans Twitter. Yeah, maybe the Cowl fans Twitter. Hey, that's an idea because because Howler's good at Twitter and Allurmore is bad at social media. That's why we're live on Facebook. That's the real reason. I'm so bad at Facebook better than me. I'm so bad at social media in general that I was like, forget this. I haven't made a post in forever. We just need to Facebook Live this. So that's happening. 
So, um, that's all of the time that we have today. Thanks a bunch for tuning in. Thank you to Popped Off for all the support and help that they offer us. They're the reason we are hosted on podcasting platforms. Remember, we're available on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, and various other podcasting platforms. Uh, make sure to follow us on socials for the live broadcast at this point if you are on a Facebook and actual updates and news if you're on Twitter. Um, and, you know, whatever else we decide to post sometimes. It happens. It, it does happen. Yeah. All right. Okay. So it's been a fun morning. I'm Allure Moore. Mm-hmm. I'm Howie. And uh, you've been tuned into Caliphans. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.